Welcome to the Writer's Block Party Podcast with your hosts Meredith Bond and Prue Warren, where they discuss every aspect of a writer's life, from the craft of writing and editing, through publishing and marketing, and finally into building a global publishing empire. Here is Mary and Prue. Welcome to the Writer's Block Party Podcast. I'm Prue Warren, representing authors who don't know what they're doing. Thankfully, I'm with my co-host who does know what she's doing. Hi, I'm Meredith Bond. I know what I'm doing sometimes, but not today. Today today is an exciting day because today we have the return, our returning champion, Jenny Kate, ace marketer, has come back to talk to us about something that's very important to me, which is targeting your audience, which is important because I don't know who my audience is. And I gather I sort of need to know. So hello, Jenny Kate. Hi, Prue. Hi, Mary. Yes, you do need to know your target audience. (laughs) Good thing to know. You say it so casually, like, yes, of course you need to know your target audience. How do you, all right, well, let's. And it's so hard to figure out who that audience is. We all say we write for ourselves, but we're not buying our own books. No, we want other people to buy our books. So who are we writing for and how do we find out? How do we find out? All right, I will walk you through it. All right, so there are a couple of schools of thought on this, all right? One comes from like the corporate world and that like Amy Porterfield calls it your ideal customer avatar. Uh, MBA programs and corporate America call it your like proto persona. The idea is that you determine exactly who your ideal reader is that's going to buy your book. Like who are you writing to? So for instance, um, let's say that I want to target, you know, 30-something up-and-comers in New York City who are like urbanites and corporate ladder, you know, climbers, very ambitious. That's my ideal reader right there. What does that person read? Um, Probably stuff that looks like her, like her, the heroines that she's looking for is probably what she's doing in her own life because people like to read about kind of people similar to them, right? So the idea is- Is that always true though? Is that always true? Why do people read paranormal then? Why do people read Regency? Hang with me, Prue. Okay, okay, sorry. (laughs) This Remember, there are two schools of thought on this, okay? Okay. This is the first school of thought. And the idea is that in corporate America, you have to know who you're marketing to. You are not going to market hammers to somebody like me, right? I am not going to go buy a hammer. My husband, who's a woodworker in his mid-40s, who has now got a side, you know, side project of learning how to do woodworking, is going to go buy that hammer. Yeah, his wife, that couldn't care less about woodworking. I don't care what kind of hammer I'm looking at, right? Um, And I'm certainly not buying like five of them if I buy one at all. So that's why corporate America really gets very specific into who their their, uh, customer is, right? So it's kind of back in the day when they always, Hoover vacuum cleaners were absolutely, you know, aimed at -at stay-at-home wives. Uh (laughs) As much as that may be distasteful to us, there's a reason why we look at demographics writ large as a corporate, you know, entity trying to sell a product because they know they spend millions of dollars a year to find out who's going to buy that particular hammer. And so they know who their, who their target audience is. 
So what we're trying to do in like publishing is sort of mirror that a little bit. So the one theory is, all right, give her a name. Sharice, who lives in New York City, is an urbanite, mid-30s, very ambitious. What's she going to read? Probably not cowboy romances out of Texas. You know, probably she's going to read um, billionaire romances, maybe. Would probably be a, a better target audience for her. I hate this philosophy. I, I just have to tell you, I just hate this philosophy. Go ahead. <laughs> well, don't worry. Hang in because there's okay. no. But <laughs> the idea, though, is that if you can understand who that is, then when you write your book, you're writing that book to that one person. You don't think huge because not not everybody's going to write your like read your book, and that's that's what makes us human, right? That we have likes and dislikes. That what it makes us individuals, and it makes us interesting. If we all like the same thing, this would be very very boring world. So once you once you understand that, first of all, then it makes it easier too when maybe your book isn't picked up by a particular demographic that you were aiming at because maybe they just don't like that stuff, and that's okay find out who does. And we'll get into like how you find out who does. So, so the second kind of thought process is forget the demographics altogether and simply go with comparative authors readership. So what's really nice about the publishing industry is it's been around forever. And there are always bestsellers that write similar to what you write and you can target that bestseller. So particularly on BookBub, if you're running ads on BookBub, you can target specific audience of particular authors, right? So let's say our... our um, hold short- on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Okay. Because okay. Mary's nodding like she knows. But I've never done an ad on BookBub. Well, this is where but you're you gonna- can do it on Facebook too. Right. But I can't, and- I can't say, give me Nora Roberts' audience on Facebook. But, but apparently you can say Bub, people who like Nora Roberts' page. Yes. And even on Amazon ads, you put in, you can put in as keywords, the names of every single author who writes in, who writes books like yours. You can't, I feel like, okay, we have just stepped into a big pile of ignorance. I'm sorry. We better go back, (laughs) go back. You were just saying you can target on BookBub. Yeah. So, so the point is, the point is that when you are trying to figure out who your audience is, you have to have a starting point, right? Mm-hmm. You can do the starting point with demographics and like location and, you know, where these people grew up and maybe, you know, like I write small town Alabama romances. I'm fairly certain somebody in New York City is not going to be that interested. So I would start my ads with people who kind of mirror my heroine. She's, you know, kind of smart and she's, you know, a small town mayor and she's very big into, you know, this small town world, right? So when you're looking at your ads, you're going to target like several different audiences across the board to figure out which one is really clicking on your book cover and, and getting into your ad copy. Does that make sense? Okay. Yes, it makes sense. And I think I'm going to take us down a tangent, but I'm going to ask the question anyway. People read romance for escape. Not everybody. You can't make that kind of generalization because you won't know until you run your ads to see who's actually reading your book. So some people don't want to read it for escape. Some people want to read it because they identify with the heroine. Not to say that people don't read it for escapism. Of course they do, which is why you can take the the demographics kind of in one aspect of your your target audience, but look at your comparative authors is probably a little more effective. Okay. Uh, Because you are the ace marketer, let me... (laughs) Let me just ask you, when you are marketing, when you, Jenny Kate author, 
are marketing your small town romance with a smart, intelligent mayor. What happens if you target big city women who are very ambitious? Uh, they, the ads don't go well. But see, that's where you, this this is where you have to get into just testing the audience to see who's buying, right? So yeah. we go. Let's go back to the second school of thought is to target co- uh, comparative authors, right? People who write consider, uh, same as you. Then BookBub has a very specific place where you can plug that right in there, and it's very easy. Facebook, you do it through authors' pages and people who like you know authors' pages. You can also do it through interests. You know, if you're writing sci-fi romances, then you can put in their interest for sci-fi and romance. Um, and then, of course, you know, like Mary was saying with the, the keywords on Amazon, the idea is you're not going to just pick one target audience. You're going to pick five target audiences, run five ads and see which one is working better for you, which audience is actually reading your stuff. You mean so, you running the same exact ad or are you customizing? Yeah, so, well, this goes back to testing ads, right? When you're getting into ads and you're getting into testing, you there are three elements of your ad you test. The book cover, the ad copy, and the target audience. So to find out which book cover people like, I, I always start with the book cover because people tend to move towards visuals first. So let's say you put out three to five ads, three to five different book covers, and you start getting a really good, you know, click on like, like cover B. All right, so now take cover B, do your three to five ads without that same cover, change the target audience. So now you're, so you're te- only changing one thing at a time. Yes. So now you're only going to test the target audience. Which ones of these audiences are clicking on that book cover? Now you're getting a much clearer idea of who's interested in your genre. You're brilliant. Okay. Stop. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> How long do you run one test? Oh, I run it a month, six weeks. But it also depends on the out. Like Amazon, you've got to run a little bit longer. Like Facebook, you can generally start telling in about two or three weeks, even maybe a little less. But Amazon takes a, a hair bit longer. Um, but so before you get into ads, I think it's really important to understand that your genre has very specific requirements, right? Like if you're writing sci-fi, and, so let's take a step back and talk about genre. Because you are not going to write a sci-fi young adult novel that a 60-year-old grandma with three kids is going to read because she's probably not your target audience, right? If you're writing young adult, you're targeting roughly, you know, 13 to 30. Come on. I read young adult novels. Okay. Well, sure you do, but you don't read it the first year it comes out. All of this is preferable, so I will not argue with you on this. I'm absolutely fine with this. Okay. So I stay within my genre, and my genre is contemporary rom-com. Okay, perfect. Contemporary rom-com has a particular readership, right? Right. What is it? 60-year-old women who like paranormal, of course. Um, (laughs) Well, I think we have to find out what that is. Well, so that's when you go look up, you know, uh, Jamie Farrell would be a good one. Who is her, she writes rom-com, contemporary rom-com. Who is her target audience? Is it the older demographic or is it kind of a middle-of-the-road demographic? Like, who who are the demographics that she's looking at? Most- how do I know that? Well, you got to look at who her, if you can go through her um, like Facebook post and you can look at who's responding to her stuff, you can get a general idea of who that is. It's all about market research. Like you're not just going to know. You got to go out and actually look at people's information to figure that out. 
But what's easier for you, Prue? You're going on total spying on Facebook. I go on to Jamie Farrell. Yes. The information is right there. Click on every single one of those names and read the about facts. I mean, if you want to, but it's probably easier to just do comparative authors and target those those readers first. Look, Mary's laughing at me. Well, because the idea, though, I mean, we're talking about a whole bunch of different stuff here. We're talking about selling books, but we're also talking about writing books. And if you're writing books, you have to know who that who that audience is. Like, what are the expectations of that genre? Otherwise, when you start when you start trying to sell that book to people, they're not really going to understand that this isn't like sci-fi, you know, rom-com. But it doesn't take ads to know if you're writing to the, if you're writing well, if you're writing to the right audience. Um, When I started writing um, paranormal, Regency set paranormal, my sales dropped. When I started writing my sweet traditional Regency's sales went up. So I know that there are many more people who want to buy traditional Regencies than paranormal Regencies, right? Now, who is it who's buying those sweet traditional Regencies? I'm working on fin- figuring that out. I re- that's when the ads come in. So looking to see what to write, I do based on sales. And looking to see who to market to, I do based on ads. So I try to run a Facebook ad of my sweet traditional Regency to stay-at-home moms. And the ads just did horribly. But when I focused my ads on other authors of traditional Regencies, they did very well. Oh, for heaven's sakes. Look at that. Okay. The three things we were testing. Cover ad copy and target audience. Yes. I'm thinking, I'm thinking you're now, you're now, you're now my personal therapist. Uh, I have one book and I'm going to publish the next one in September. Knock on Yay. Um, so this is a really good time for me right now, between now and September, I can use that first book to define my audience, right? I can see who's responding if I do some Facebook ads now for that one book. Yes. You can also do it organically without ads by your um, page interaction and the posting that you put out. So if you're on Instagram in particular, not really Facebook so much, but um, if you're on Instagram and you're using the hashtags that promote that particular genre, then you can see who's responding to that as well. And that's free. I am on Instagram, but I'm not using hashtags to promote my genre. So you need to be using upwards of like 30 hashtags. Well, that's easier than having to pay for a whole bunch of ads too, right? I mean, that can test your market right there without having to invest the money. You just have to invest the time. Okay. All right. Next next week, Jenny Kate on running Instagram <laughs> ads and hashtags. <laughs> too big. Okay. I don't even know. I don't even, I don't even know what to ask you on that. Stop. <laughs> I have one book. I cannot change its cover. I mean, I guess I could change its cover, but I don't want to change its cover. So I'm not going to test the cover. Okay. So why not? Instead of testing the cover, maybe you want to test images with the cover. <laughs> you got to remember, Prue, like the first thing people see on the internet, the visual is the most important thing because that's what's going to pull their eye. If they're not right. responding to your cover, you may have the best book on the face of the planet. They're not going to buy it. 
I mean, they do judge a book by their cover, unfortunately. Sure, so, everybody does, and I'm I, that's fine. Uh, yes, okay. There's so much going on. <laughs> my, my head is in like 15 different directions. Okay, uh, okay. I'm at vapor lock. You keep talking, and then I'll interrupt you immediately as soon as one of the questions bubbles to the top. Well, I think the most important thing before you get started, in, like doing anything, is you have to understand the expectations of the genre. If you don't understand like what the particular beats are and what the POV is expected to be and where, you know, where the little, you know, in the timeline where they're supposed to be, then that's going to be a problem from the very beginning because you're going to be marketing to the wrong audience thinking you have one particular book when you don't. So you have to make sure that you understand all of the little nuances of your particular genre, no matter what it is. Um, I will say with utter arrogance, I got that. Well, good. That's step one because... Yeah, I've seen plenty of authors who think they're selling like small town romances, but what they're really selling is cowboy romances. And those are not the same audience and they're having trouble. But once they shift it a little bit, then they know. So, and that also comes with number one, understanding your genre, because that will help when you start doing your ads. But number two, it'll help, it'll help you define the right audience when you start running those ads. Does that make sense? Makes sense. Okay. It's the only thing so far that I feel confident <laughs> Well, that's step one. So if you understand your genre, then you are set. The next thing you've got to do is just learn how to market to that particular audience. And that includes all of you, like your branding needs to be that genre, right? I mean, you're presenting a genre to a readership and they have certain expectations of that genre. So when you're marketing your, your work, whether it's paid or not, it still needs to reflect the brand of that genre. Does that, does that make sense? Yes, it makes sense. It's a bit of a torment, but yes, it makes sense. Well, because go back, I mean, the extremes are right. Erotica versus like small town romance. Like if I start putting, you know, whips and chains on my social media and I'm selling you sweet small town romance with no sex, I'm going to turn off a lot of people. Right. right? So right. My, my brand has to reflect the genre that I'm trying to sell to people. Yeah. That's pretty, in my mind, that's a relatively simple concept, but my small town romance and a let's say a cowboy romance, they're similar, but not exactly the same. And if I can tweak my content just a hair bit, then I can move away from one genre to the other. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. It does. Okay. So that's where you can look at just like online marketing, free social media marketing. How do you present your brand and your the genre of the books that you're selling? That includes cover. I mean, you know, no whips and chains on my small town romance covers. Right. <laughs> Right. Um, so then once you figured out those two things, that's when you start looking at uh, well, like your ads and it may be even not your ads. Go back and look at who's reading. What is your genre? You said sci-fi or fantasy? No, rom-com. Oh, rom- oh that's right. I'm sorry. Rom-com. Right. So, so when you start looking at targeting, like even if you're just going to boost a little post on, on Facebook, I would target like Jamie Farrell. And I can't, there's one girl I can't think of who does really cute. Chick- Mary Strand. Yes, there's another one, you know, and, and target, but just do small boost to those audiences and see what happens. Okay. If they're responding to you, then you probably are where you need to be. If they're not, you might need to tweak a little bit. Okay. Okay. I like it. But you think you can't know for the first six weeks is long enough to, to figure you run it for long enough. Well, six weeks on Amazon for sure. I think you can kind of figure it out on Facebook in two or three weeks. And you don't need to spend, you know, a ton of money to figure that out either. I mean, like, for instance, I was just running, um, 
just running some ads for my nonfiction work on like the social media book versus the um, ads book. And it was really interesting to me because I targeted uh, indie authors, newbie authors took the social media book, indie authors took the ads book, which Mm. I thought was really interesting um, because in my mind, the newbies also need to understand ads, but that is a little too far down the line and it gets a little bit complicated, right? But that book- Yeah, a little. Well, so this is where I had to work on my marketing because that book is a primer and basically says, hey, here are the like 25 different places that you can run ads and how to do that. So it's a a decent reference book, I think, for authors. Okay, Um, tell me the name of that book again. Well, it's Ads for Authors. (laughs) It's pretty easy. (laughs) Ads for Authors by Jenny Kate. Yeah, but the, it's funny, the newbie authors all wanted the social media book, which I, I completely understand why, right? I mean, that's an easy, like people understand social media, even if they don't particularly like it. So that book kind of gives them a safe place to think about what they already kind of know. Mm-hmm. Ads, on the other hand, are a little scary because you're talking about spending money. And, you know, it's, it's very complicated dealing with the algorithms of each of these different sites that you have. I'll say. Good. It is. And I understand that completely. Um, and so I had to really kind of play with my audiences a little bit um, and realize that the newbies are not, they're just not buying that ads book. So back up and tell me the name of the book for us. It's Social Media for Authors? Mm-hmm. Yep. By Jenny Kate. It's pretty simple. Very well titled. Yeah. <laughs> By the way, the Ads for Authors book right now is on sale for 99 cents. If you want to just go grab it. Um, okay, I will. <laughs> I'm it's good. It's very um, good. Thank you. I will post the links to both of those in the show notes. So people Thanks. should go to the writersblockparty.com to look for it. Or Jenny, what's your website? Thewriternation.com. Okay. And our website is the writers block party podcast.com. <laughs> so confused I am. You can see how confused I am. Ah. Okay. So essentially the goal. My goal in attempting to identify my market is to cast a wide net and then narrow, 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 narrow. Yes. And the starting point for me is going to be by marketing to people who like other rom-com authors. Well, yes. But then also think about, like, think about the demographics too, that you assume read this kind of work. Because that will help. You can test those audiences across the board. So these are starting points for you. And so that's why corporate America does the testing, you know, with, or they, they identify the ideal customer avatar, right? They ide- the ideal customer for this particular product. So when, if you can do that, then you can start your ads aiming at these particular people and see if that works for you. And if it doesn't, then you just tweak and move on. The other part of that when you're building these ads is comp authors and comp like Facebook pages or whatever. You can do both and you can do all like and spend a dollar a day doing it if you want to. Uh, to test demographics, I assume the 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 primary test is age. Uh, no, you've got age and gender and location. Um, there's, you know, there's several different things that you can do with that. Um, I will, I will say that interestingly in this day and age, I mean, yes, you've got escapism. So is it, is it worth it to do it by demographics or not? I think the answer is still yes. They still know who reads. Like the industry knows mostly women read romance, right? I mean, you know that. And we also know that it's mostly women over the age of 35 read contemporary romance. So that's a good starting place for that. We also know um, the publishing industry has been pretty open about um, rural 
not rural, but southern southern United States actually reads more than fiction than the northern United States for whatever reason. I mean, I don't I don't know why that is the case. But if you started your ads that way, you can test all of that to see if that's even true at all. Um, but I, I suspect that you'll find that is true. And then there are interests. So things like um, Christian romance or um, and um, the stay-at-home moms or yeah. professional moms or whatever it is, you can target different interests. Yeah, and I think what's interesting about all of that is if you start off with targeting people who look just like your heroine, you know, whatever the demographics are for your heroine, start off with that and then start off with the ones you think are exactly the opposite for the escapism. And you can test both of those and see which one resonates better. That's a brilliant idea. I love it. Um, okay, let me ask you about the actual the actual uh, results. Because if I run an ad, Facebook will tell me how many people see it and how many people click on it. Is that right? Yes. It'll show you a couple of things. Um, reach, which is how many people have seen it, right? Mm-hmm. It'll show you how many have engaged with it, which means like like it or, you know, heart it or put a nasty face on it. Um, it'll show you how many people have commented on it. And then it'll show you a number. And I can't remember exactly. I was just looking at mine yesterday. There is a number that, Mary, maybe you can remember what it's called. Um, frequency. That's it. It's called frequency number. And if your number is one, it, it's always going to be a one, should be in the one range. If you're starting to hit close to two on that frequency number, then they're showing it repeatedly to the same person. And it's time to cut that ad because you don't want to bombard the same person with the ad because then the ad goes stale. So anything below, like below, I, I always kind of cut mine at about 1.89 on that frequency scale. Um, but you can see if a, if an ad's moving or not. I mean, I you know I've got one ad right now that is just exploding in India, which is very fascinating for me. And I've got another ad that is tanking hard in India. You know, but I've got one that's doing great in the United States and one that's not doing great in the United States. So you can also test countries. Like who's who's excited about your book? And I'll tell you this: if I can be a mid-list or six-figure author in India, so be it. Oh yeah, that'd be okay. <laughs> Where they're buying the book. <laughs> Just let them buy the book. So there's a reason why I, this is what's great about the internet. And like, just the world is becoming so much smaller, you know? So as we've been talking about all these demographics, I mean, the reality is you could target everywhere and just see who's biting on it. Um, you know, because right now the German market is exploding, you know? So I don't recommend that. I actually do recommend a much smaller target audience first because that will help. Because as soon as you get your niche and you figure out who those people are, now you can sell books. But if you do it to everybody, I mean, you're you're saturating yourself and dilute. I mean, sorry, you're diluting yourself and diluting audience. <laughs> and so, you know, you may, you have no idea who you're who you're hitting or not hitting. Okay the 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 reason to market is to get people to buy. So you run these ads, and Facebook or somebody gives you reach engagement, comment, and frequency, but my goal is buy, right? So Mm -hmm. I'm also watching my sales, Mm -hmm. but how do you keep track of who's buying for what reason? I mean, well, that depends on your ad, right? I mean, your ad should tell them what they're supposed to do with it. The call to action in your ad will tell you whether or not they're doing it to buy a book, 
sign up for your email list, like a post, you know, whatever you created that ad to do, the purpose of the ad should tell you whether or not it's, it's meeting its purpose. And are there, tell me an instance when I would want them to like a post. So if you're just trying to build up your Facebook page a little bit, you know, if you're trying to build up um, viewership on your Facebook page, yeah, you would like it. Because, and the other thing too is the more they engage with the post, the more Facebook's going to show it. My head is swimming. <laughs> God, there's just so much to keep track of. Um, well, for you and you're, you know, you've got you know, one book and one book coming out. Um, I recommend probably taking a deep breath. Take a deep breath, focus on finishing your second book. And then Done, we'll- man. It's already gone off to the copy editor. Woohoo. Well, so has the third. I'll, if I'll that's true, now you're in pre-order stage and you need to start focusing on organic marketing on social media. Then when the books are ready for pre-order or you're ready to sell, that's when you want to start doing your like ads to sell the book. Okay. But in the meantime, I can use that one book I have to do some testing. Sure. To see if I can better target where my ads are going to go. Yes. But let me ask you this, Prue. How often do you post? How often do you create content? Uh, it varies. Lately, it's been, I haven't done anything in two weeks, but there have been times when I go every two or three days. I so, know you want me to go 10 or 20 times a day. No, no, I don't. What I do want you to do is be consistent. I don't need you to go 10 or 20 times a day. I need you to be very, very consistent because that way people are expecting it. And the algorithms understand that you are posting consistently, whatever that means for you, but it can't be every two weeks. I mean, generally, if you create one piece of content on a Sunday and then divide that up into an Instagram post or reel or story or Facebook post or tweet, like it's the same piece of content. You've just repurposed it in six different ways. Then you don't have to keep creating content. And you're showing the algorithm that you're still interested in the platform. That's important. And your readers will see that you are still engaging with them and giving them something to keep coming back for. But you have for two weeks and that's not going to help you out. I am feeling naive that I have spent all this time wondering how I can appease the algorithms of Amazon without thinking about the algorithms of Facebook, Instagram. You don't need to worry about the algorithm algorithms of Amazon yet because you don't have enough books. You need to finish writing all of your books, plural, and then you can worry about Amazon. Praying to the wrong God. Uh, Yes, yes, you are. Amazon, listen, you got to remember, Amazon is one big search engine to sell products. And if they can't keep them coming back to sell products over and over and over again, then the algorithm is not going to show your stuff. So you don't have enough product yet for Amazon to care about your the company. I mean, and I don't mean that in a harsh way. I mean, they're there to sell products, right? I, I do not take offense at this. I'm glad to know it. Well, that's why you can waste time on Amazon when you have like six books ready to go. Not, not quite yet. Um, some people find, you know, they can do Amazon with one or two books and it goes great, but you're writing in a very saturated um, genre. Romance is saturated, but it works, but it works. It works for one or two, like the one or two, three books that you have, you're better off with a Facebook ad or, you know, a BookBub ad or, or newsletter swaps, things like that as you're building up your your um, inventory. You're genius. All right. All right. My, I'm still swimming with questions. I can't even settle them down to ask. Well, let's see. Let me ask you real quick. Yeah. Let's ask Mary if she agrees with that. That's why I was going to say. What is Mar- has Mary, <laughs> do you have... Do you did you get out of Jenny? Did you suck out of Jenny Kate the information you needed? Generally, 
Yes, what I need to do is some more ad testing. Um, both BookBub and Facebook. I've tried Amazon ads and then it, they don't, I've never been successful with them. So, and I have totally given up on the Amazon algorithms. I've got 30 friggin' books and I, my it's so weird, Amazon. Isn't it? It's so weird because some people find like tons of, like that 30 books and they can do Amazon ads all day, but they can't do Facebook ads, you know, or the vice versa. There's always a platform. Like it's just weird. And you have to just keep testing. Yeah, exactly. Um, and so I've done pretty well with some Facebook ads and I've done okay with some very targeted BookBub ads when I, um, I was trying to get more newsletter readers. Mm-hmm. And so I did very well with, with BookBub there. And I'm afraid I had a book come out June 1st. I had a book come out yesterday and I will have, thank you, a book coming out August 1st. And I have done almost zero marketing for any of them because I've just been so crazy in my private life. Mm-hmm. But somehow, and I'm not quite sure how, I think it was Facebook ads. I got a lot of pre-orders for the first book and those pre-orders extended into the second book because I guess everybody who bought the pre-order for the first book then got to the end of the book and clicked that wonderful link at the end to pre-order the next book because by then I had had the second book out uh, up for pre-order. And I'm going to, I don't quite have, I should have the third book up for pre-order and I don't quite yet. And I just, it's just because I fell off, fell off the ball because I've been too busy. (laughs) Well, that happens. I mean, but it sounds like you've done the right things by putting that in, you know, the pre-orders in the back of the book. I mean, that's, you know, that's pretty typical. Are you also putting in your um, place for them to sign up for a freebie in the back of the book? Yes. Yeah. How's that going? And I, I changed up my freebie. So um, David Cochran suggested that you have a book that is not available anywhere else that is yeah. exclusive to newsletter readers. And so I created an anthology of short stories saying this is only for my newsletter readers. This is the freebie. This is it. Well, how long have you been doing it? Um, it's been up for like two months. Yeah, I'd be interested to see how that, like, let's talk in the fall and see how that goes. You know, I'd say four or five months, just simply because it's summer, you know. Yeah. For whatever reason, when school year starts, people start buying more books. <laughs> well, I, I hope that will be the case. <laughs> well, let's talk again in the fall. We'll see. That's a good, let's, see, there you go, Prue. We're testing right there. Testing right there. <laughs> what happens to your sales? Of the last book when the f- next book comes out. Up. Yeah, but how much? Okay, wait. Let me ask that. Let me ask the question I actually want to ask. I have sold 650 copies of my book. Very Yay. nice. To me. I know. It's incredible. Indie author, first time. Yay. The next book is going to come out in September. And I'm going to market it very intelligently, having defined my audience. <laughs> what do? How do I define success when I'm simply focusing on sales? What would success look like? I think that totally depends on you, Prue. What do you think success looks like? Come on. 
No, I don't mean that esoterically. Yeah, yeah, I mean, don't make me answer the question. You I have to determine success for yourself, Prue. Come on. Like, if you want to be a New York Times bestseller and you sell 600 books, I mean, I'd be disappointed, right? But if you wanted to be able to sell 100 books and you, because the life, most books sell 100 books, 150 books, period. And you sold 650. That's pretty successful. Do you determine that to be successful? Like, oh, you- I definitely do. I definitely Well, then, then that's, you know, Success has to be defined by what you think success is. Sorry, girl. <laughs> Thank you. Will I sell? You don't know. And you're not going to help me. Never mind. I'm not even going to ask. Well, do I think that you're going to sell more books than, with your second book than your first book? Maybe right. it depends on your marketing. Let me, let me say this. What should my goal be? I think you could at least make your goal what you've already made, like 650. I think that would be a good goal. Okay. Your ultimate goal is to make back what you spent on publishing it. Oh, please. I am so far away from that. I've spent so much time learning <laughs> how to do this. I, it will take me decades to make back all that I have spent. But a lot of what you spent is to learn how to write. And so your subsequent books will also be paying that back. Yes, that's true. That is true. That's absolutely yeah. true. That's true. So, so there you are. You put your um, email link for your freebie and your like pre-order for your next book in that first book. No, because the first that. book came out in January, and I didn't have yeah. a pre-order for the second book. It's not coming out. Well, I would go back and do that right now. When you're ready to pre-order that that second book, I would go ahead and do that and push marketing both. So simple. So stupid of me not Ooh. to do it. <laughs> it may sound simple, but wait till you start getting into it because it. I mean, marketing is. I love it and I've been doing it for years and I think it's a lot of fun, but it is a lot of trial and error and that does get frustrating. And it's also Uh, a lot of work, which is my problem at the moment because my life is just so crazy. I'm sitting here just thrashing myself mentally for not getting the third book up for pre-order by the time the second book came out, because now the sales of that book are probably going to be a much lower. Wow, that's going to be so interesting to see. But that's, you know, Mary, that's cyclical in, in, in an author's career, though. I, I think that's, it's, it'll, in the long run, I think it'll be okay. In the short run, of course, it's going to be kind of obnoxious, you, you know, but I think in the long run, it'll be fine. Yeah. You put the first chapter of the next book in the back of this last book. Yes. So I'm not only putting up a pre order link, I'm giving them a first chapter. Yes. yes. And that's an easy fix. I mean, do you do your own formatting or do you have somebody do that for you? Meredith Bond taught me how to format. Ah, well, there you go. So just, you know, add that to your book and put it right back up. That's the point about being an indie, right? Is that you can just do it and not have to go through 17 layers and six months of stuff. Just in a week, you'll have it all ready to go. I'm a little, I'm a little overwhelmed here, ladies. All right. <laughs> was great. That was awesome. Uh, I learned not enough, but so much, right? I mean, I'm... I have at it's least a lot. It's a lot to learn. I know. I know. And you, know you, you have to learn it in yes. small increments because yes. it is a lot. It's a lot. It's yes. a lot. I'm going to try in the next three months until September. Where are we? July, August, September. Yeah, two and a half months. I'm going to do some Facebook ads and see if I can't actually know who my target audience is as opposed to guessing who my target audience is. Right. I'm excited. Oh my God. I feel like a little girl putting on her mother's heels. 
Oh, you'll have fun with it. It'll be a good time. Potter around the house going, look, I'm a lady. (laughs) (laughs) I thank you both. I thank you both as always for your guidance and wisdom. Well, thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Thank you so much, Jenny. You are not only available for consultation and hiring in marketing at theridernation.com, but I believe you're also in charge of a writer's conference. Yes, I Yes, I am. <laughs> no. um, so the Pike Speak Writers Conference is held in Colorado Springs every year. Uh, it's been, I think this is our 29th anniversary. Uh, this wow. one. Yeah, it's been around for quite some time, and it has consistently been named in the top 10 writers conferences in the United States by Writers Digest magazine. So we are thrilled to death to be in person in April. And I got to tell you, it's been a couple years, and I'm really excited. It's one of the friendliest conferences. Our keynotes are always, you know, New York Times bestsellers. This year, our romance keynote is Barbara Samuels. Um, We've also got Jane Friedman and Robert Grace. I'm really excited about our keynotes. And of course we'll have, you know, it's four days of workshops and stuff. It's tons of fun. So yeah, more information on pikespeakwriters.com. Pikespeakwriters.com. I As might know it and I will put it in the show notes. Pikes, how do you do Pikes P-I-K-E apostrophe S? Nope. No apostrophe. Pikespeakwritersconference.com. Say it again. Yes. Pikespeakwriters.com. Pikespeakwriters.com. Yes. Beautiful. Uh, next week, I think we are speaking with Mindy Klasky about plotting. Oh, fantastic. Which is exciting because I am a plotter and we've been talking to pantsers and I'm like, oh my God, you are living a much more free spirited life than I am. So I'm <laughs> Mindy's awesome. That'd be great. Yes. Yes. It's going to be great. Thank you, Jenny. Very much. Thank you so much, Jenny. Always always learn something from you thanks y'all thank you all right let's listen to rup say goodbye to us uh, before we do that yes. if our listeners go to redbubble.com Ooh. they will find our uh swag and you can buy i'm just looking at it on my phone here you can buy T-shirts, you can buy mugs, you can buy stickers, you can buy cell phone covers. With the Writer's oh, Block Party on it? With the Writer's Block Party podcast logo on it. And they are beautiful. That's a riot. That's a riot. Is there a wine tumbler? No, there isn't. That is, that's on a different website. And I don't know if our artist is going to put it up there, but we'll see. So the artist, um, Redbubble organizes their swag by the artist. Ah. And the artist's name is Theminism. Spell it. T-H-E-M-I-N-I-S-M. Theminism. Theminism. That is very clever. Theminism. Okay. I will. Guess what? Put it on the show notes. The Writer's yes. Podcast.com. If you don't know any of this stuff. Just go to the writer's block party podcast.com. Check out the show notes. I'll give you feminism. I'll give you red bubble. I'll give you pikes peak writers.com. I'll give you the writer nation.com. I have lots of juicy stuff for you. I'm put it all on the, on the, on the show notes.
Great. That's fantastic. Now, can we listen to your husband's gorgeous voice? Now we can listen to all okay. of them. <laughs> Bye, Jenny. That's it for the Writer's Block Party this week. We don't want you getting so drunk on knowledge that you can't drive your laptop safely. But next week we'll be here before you know it, so check out the website at thewritersblockpartypodcast.com. One word. That's where you can find our archive of past podcasts and a place where you can get in touch with Mary and Prue or ask questions for the next podcast. Write with joy, friends, and see you next week. Thank you.